1: Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Lockdown On Podcast Network, your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, the show at Locked On Browns, follow back account, DMs are open, as everybody knows. We appreciate you all for making Locked On Browns your first listen day in, day out. Today's episode of Locked On Browns is brought to you by the fine folks over at McDonald's. This episode of Lockdown Browns is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. We are gonna to get to hear some things. Um, it is crossover Wednesday. We're gonna be joined here by Cody Roark and say Benger of the Locked On Broncos podcast ahead of the Thursday night game. Uh, some thoughts here from today, um, guys, obviously the schedule for the show this week, a little bit abbreviated with Thursday night football, we're still going to bring you as much content as we always do. So don't worry about that. Um, the big elephant in the room, everybody, uh, Baker Mayfield, as of right now, says he's playing Thursday night, says it's his call, uh, admits the shoulder popped out twice Sunday against the Cardinals, once on a hit, once without contact, certainly gives you some you know, nerves, some hesitation. For if Baker Mayfield can maybe make it through this entire season, heck, I'm sure some of you have been wondering if Baker Mayfield can even make it through a ball game right now. I get it; um, it's certainly a difficult injury to have to play with, um, pain tolerance, um, the importance of your left arm as far as you know his throwing motion um, and using your left arm as far as for accuracy. You know, you need everything works in unison. Um, but the alternative is playing Case Keenum, and you know, through social media, through Twitter, tw- through Twitter. Look, guys, it's not that I am so against case Keenum. It is just that I am so for Baker Mayfield is the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns for now. And you know, whether anybody else wants to believe it or not, he is going to be the quarterback for the Browns for the future. I think the bigger problem would be right now. And some fans are saying, Oh, well, if he sits down, look sitting down, it's not going to do anything. The only thing that is going to make Baker Mayfield's shoulder right is going to be surgery. Uh, hopefully that surgery can come sometime after early February. Um, Wink, wink. Um, but, the, you know, for his part, if he were to tuck his tail, offer surgery, and leave, you'd all be screaming 10 times more that he quit on his team, uh, more than you were saying, oh, well, maybe he should let Case Keenan play. It's, it doesn't work that way. Baker Mayfield is the quarterback of this team. He is the face of this franchise on the offensive side of the ball. It is his team. If he can physically go out there and try and get it done, he's going to do it. Accept it. Embrace it. This is what you want from your team leaders. Uh, The running back position. Um, Now, Nick Chubb has been ruled out uh, for Thursday night football. I was holding out a glimmer of hope that maybe they could find some small capacity where maybe he could play a little bit Thursday night, then give him the extra 10 days, be ready to go against Pittsburgh. That is not the case. John Kelly, uh, for those of you who've listened for a while, I'm a big John Kelly fan. I was a huge fan of his coming out of Tennessee. Um, Been on the practice squad with the Browns for almost over a season now. Um, So we'll see how it works out. DeAndre Johnson slated to start. Demetri Felton certainly going to get an opportunity. We'll see if John Kelly gets some run here. Broncos usually good against the run, but the Broncos have lost two inside linebackers thus far this season um, in Josie Jewell and A.J. Johnson. So we'll see how it works out for a guy, um, you know, it was a person Pete and I liked years ago, uh, a couple of years ago, coming out of Wake Forest and Justin Trinod. He will be taking over at the mic. There is the advantage here for the Browns as far as the run game of these guys, Dearness Johnson, Dimitri Felton, even John Kelly. These guys are going to be uber-rested. These guys are going to be 100% on the top of their games, where in a Thursday night football game, you're talking about maybe anybody else, even if they think they feel their best, is maybe, what, 80% on a good day if you're playing in a Thursday night game? So we'll see how that pans out. Maybe there could be an opportunity uh, for a couple plays from this running attack. Jarvis Landry has not been ruled out yet. Um, I think this was the plan was to get him here for Thursday night, then get him another 10 days off afterwards, and hopefully you have him as close to 100% as he start to begin uh, division play against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Halloween. Still no official word yet on Jarvis. My guess is this is going to trend towards being a game-time decision. Uh, uh, Jedrick Wills, Jack Conklin, neither practiced today. It doesn't sound like either are going to practice on Wednesday, um, but Kevin Stefanski has not ruled out either of them um, to this point. I'll be honest. I, I, if we could get just one of them out there, uh, Avon Miller versus James Hudson matchup, scares the living bejesus out of me. I'm not going to lie, even though Von's a little older and a Thursday night game might not be the most friendly situation for him. Von Miller, James Hudson is a recipe I don't want to hopefully even have to address on Thursday night. So let's keep our fingers crossed as far as you know that is going to go. Um, so you're going to have you know Baker, and this is going to be the thing. Maybe we're with Baker Mayfield, and it's not going to be an option where you can really lean on the run game this week. You don't have Nick. You don't have Kareem. Uh, do you play more four wide receiver sets where it's, you know, Baker, Hey, let's go back to the way it looked when you were playing in Norman, Oklahoma, when you were playing at Oklahoma, get the ball, find the open receiver, get it out of your hands as fast as you possibly can. David Njoku, Austin Hooper, Donovan Peoples Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., Rashard Higgins, possibility of Jarvis Landry. You still have a, you know, a threat of Anthony Schwartz in your back pocket going against a Broncos secondary where you're certainly going to look at Patrick Sassan Jr., solid, solid player. Justin Simmons, phenomenal safety for the Broncos, always has been. These are players you're going to have to look out for. But you were putting this game in Baker Mayfield's hands. And for everybody who said, oh, well, maybe play Keith Keenum," you know, lean on – you can't lean on anything right now if you're the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. You don't have your running backs. There could be a chance you don't have your starting offensive tackles. There could be a chance you don't have Jarvis Landry. So you're putting Case Keenum in a no-win situation. At least Baker Mayfield has played with and knows the other guys he's going to go to battle with on Thursday night. You're not going to get him out of there, and I've said it on social media many, many times. You're going to have to rip the ball out of his cold, dying hands before you think Baker Mayfield is going to pass the baton on to the next guy. It's not his right arm. It's his left arm. He's going to do everything he can to be out there. He's going to do everything he can to get his done for his team, his city, his franchise. That is just the way the guy is wired. And if you were not thrilled or you're not happy with the fact that he's doing this, and for some people, oh, you know, he's doing it for a contract extension. It's absolute hogwash right now. Baker Mayfield is probably hurting his contract extension value more than he's helping it due to the fact that, you know, with the injury, and for whatever reason, he's not playing to the best of his abilities. Maybe if he did opt out and you got to see a Case Keenan play or you got to see a Nick Mullins play, it would maybe enhance Baker's value there. It is not about the contract. This has nothing to do with the contract. Baker Mayfield, yes, are his eyes and thoughts on a contract extension? Sure. But what his eyes and heart are on most right now is his football team is 3-3. Three and three. They play Thursday night football. They need a win and then get a 10-day respite before they face the Pittsburgh Steelers. The only thing on his mind when he is between these white lines is beating the team in front of him and working with his teammates to get it done. So let's give the guy a break right now and understand that he is injured, but he's going to put everything he can into guiding this team to victory. Um, and we'll see how it works out Thursday night. We're going to sit down. We're going to get to Cody Roark. We're going to get to uh, Sarah Bedinger. Cross over Wednesday. Locked on Broncos. Locked on Browns. We'll be back with that in just one minute.
2: Hey, Browns fans.
1: It is Jeff Lloyd with an incredible app everybody who buys gas needs to know about, Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a ton are making as much as two dollars to $300 a month in cash back. And there is no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. Again, the promo code TOUCHDOWN Forget upside.
0: It is crossover week here at the Lockdown NFL Network. Now we have a Thursday night football matchup between the Denver Broncos traveling on the road to take on the Cleveland Browns at the Dog Pound. So we're going to talk it over with Lockdown Broncos, myself, Sarah Bedger, and Lockdown Browns host Jeff Lloyd. And, Jeff, obviously a lot of history between these two franchises dating decades back. Always great to jump on and talk to you. Short turnaround for both teams this week.
1: Uh, no doubt about
0: it. And look,
1: when you lose, like both teams lost in the fashion they did on Sunday, you'd say, yeah, let's get right back at it. Um <laughs> But uh, the Browns are, you know, literally, literally they are the wounded animal in the corner of the room right now. Uh, Obviously, you guys have your own issues with the Broncos. We're going to get to all this in here. Um, But look, I mean, everybody knows they got a Thursday night coming. And it's not like, you know, it was sprung out of nowhere. Um, You got to figure it out. This is the reason, you know, and especially now with the way COVID is, you have these deep, deep practice squads. You got to deep into it. And I know everybody's excited for some John Kelly running the ball for the Browns on (laughs) Thursday night football.
0: Well, one thing too, and, and Andrew Mason, are good friend over there at DNVR, I put out this is a week where there's going to be no Chubbs, no Bradley Chubb, no Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. So the storyline's kind of right itself. So I'm going to open things up right oh, here, Jeff. Man. You know, the first question I have for you, you know, really looking at the Cleveland Browns this season, looking at them offensively, I mean, week one, they take Kansas City to the brink there, have a couple mistakes that kind of impacted that game, but for the most part, they've looked very good, and obviously with the defense that they have there, but what is the story of this Cleveland Browns team so far at this point of the NFL season here in 2021?
1: I think, look, injuries have played their part, but there's been inconsistencies and it certainly comes down to Baker Mayfield. Um, he, there's times where he's one of the hottest quarterbacks in the game. There's times where if he gets hit once, sacked once, all of a sudden you start to see that 2019 form of Baker Mayfield again, where now you know either A, he's trying to do too much, or B, he's seeing things that maybe aren't there. Uh, Odell Beckham jr, you know, had a good day on Sunday, you know, five for 70 and change had a PFF grade of over 92. He was open all day. And Baker goes through these issues where sometimes it's all focused on Odell and it just doesn't work. And then you get a week like you had, you know, in Los Angeles against the chargers where it's, you know what? I get too confused. It doesn't work when I make Odell my first read and you get a, you know, a fantastic day that he had that day, 23 or 32. It was probably more like 23, 29. Some late throws in the game were really kind of just throwaways. He's just got to find a way to blend it all together. And this is where my biggest worry is, is if Jarvis Landry comes back Thursday night, that's just another piece to fit in. And look, Jarvis has always been his guy of all the guys that are here. You know, Rashard Higgins is a good part of his, you know, Baker's game as well. But, he you was know, it's always kind of been Jarvis. And now you've got Landry. I, I mean, now you got Odell. And then you have, you know, David Njoku, a player you want to bring into this, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, you know, there's the old thing of, you know, oh, they'll figure it all out and be able to feed you know, every mouth will get fed. It doesn't look like it's working that way right now. And it's crazy to think. And maybe this will be a good thing a little bit where, hey, you're not going to have Kareem. You're not going to have Nick. So basically you're going to run the ball in situations maybe where you're thinking the defense isn't going to expect it. Why don't you just put it on, Baker, and say, look, hopefully we can get our tackles back. We can keep you as clean as
2: possible. Go out there and
1: play quarterback the way you kind of did when you were in Oklahoma
2: absolutely and that's what the browns will need right i mean no no two running backs no two headed monster at the running back position jeff i just want to i just want to give a quick shout out to the one thing that maybe us and and browns fans can just both kind of get together and, and appreciate. That's Peyton Hillis. Can we just take a moment to appreciate Peyton Hillis? He's a great, he's a great guy for both of our squads. But hey, Eddie I mean, Janovich
0: I'm, as well. Eddie
2: we Janovich, yeah. First, what yeah, is going first on? yeah,
1: had a t- first Browns' home first Browns' home touchdown of the season, and Baker's first words Man. were to him,
2: "I can't believe it was you." <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, Broncos fans will certainly love to see him. And if they do lose the game, I'm sure many of the Broncos fans will be complaining about not having Andy Janovich anymore. I'm sure he'll make the key play in the game somehow, but actually there will
1: be no Andy Janovich. Andy, Andy Janovich is
2: in uh, week two of currently being
1: on IR. Yes. He was part of the war of attrition in Los Angeles before the war of attrition against the Cardinals.
2: Wow. Well, so Broncos fans, you dodge the bullet there. You don't have to complain about Andy Janovich. So you heard it here first. Um, but I'm interested. You touched on this quite a bit, Jeff. I was actually going to ask you, you know, without Odell Beckham really stepping into that wide receiver one role, you know, mentioning some of the guys that are going to be because obviously the two headed running back monster, Kareem Hunt and obviously Nick Chubb won't be out there for this game. What do you expect the offense to look like, especially with Baker Mayfield and his injury? Um, How do you kind of expect that to go, especially on a short week?
1: Uh, Look, I mean, to say I'm not a little bit nervous, um, you know, would be an absolute lie. Um, But, you know, we were joking before, uh, you know, Case Keenum and, you know, everybody. Oh, well, you know what he did with the Vikings in 2017? I mean, Cody probably didn't know his wife. Uh, My kids were babies at the time. They're teenagers now. It's 2017. It's five seasons ago. Look, Baker Mayfield is going to be the quarterback of this team until they have to take the ball out of his cold, dying hands. That's the way it's going to work. This is his team. He's the quarterback. However it goes, it's going to go through him. Does he need a rebound? Yeah. Um, Is it crazy to think he went down, his shoulder popped out twice on Sunday, and he's about to kick it off on Thursday night? Yeah, absolutely seems totally insane. But this is, for me, this is the type of guy you want. I mean, like you hear guys say all the time, you know, I'm going to play till I can't play. That's basically what Baker Mayfield's telling everybody. Does it need to improve? And looking at it, the way it's kind of been, he should be in line for a good week this week. It wasn't a great week against Minnesota. Played really well against the Chargers. Wasn't a good week last week against Arizona. Maybe it turns out it's a good week this week. But look, he's got all the weapons. And look, maybe they're not going to be able to do play action nearly as much because I don't think, you know, DeArtis Johnson. I don't think John Kelly is going to scare the living daylights out of anybody on the Denver defense. So they're going to play pass first. So maybe this is going to be one of those where, you know, go more, you know, four. You know, go, you know, two tight ends, split everybody out. Let Baker play more at a little bit more up-tempo style style like he did at Oklahoma. Use the run game as something to lean on where you maybe want to give everybody, you know, a little bit of a rest, you know, chance to catch the breath before amping it right back up. Um, But if you have Odell, um, and the word was Jarvis, it was trying to gear him up. They weren't going to designate him to return for last week. For without the thought process, if it was more like Thursday, and then look, if he can get through Thursday night, then he gets yet another 10 days. It's more about cutting ability with Jarvis Landry. It's never been about speed, he's never been a speed receiver. It's whether or not he, you know, he could basically make these cuts that have made him, you know, the solid NFL receiver he is. But if you can go out there and you say you can run sets where it's David Ajoku, Austin Hooper, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Donovan Peoples Jones, that's that's really, really good five guys to have out there. A lot of teams in the NFL would kill for it. So I think it sets up nicely. Baker's got to play controlled. He's got to play within himself. And he's got to realize you know, the internal clock, which is what the biggest mistake for him was Sunday, which led to the injuries he's got. Look, you, you know, it's you great that you have some athletic ability, but you extending the play four seconds, five seconds, you're not Lamar Jackson. There's not the, you know, plan Z option of, okay, now I'll just run for 40 yards down the field because nobody can catch me. Got to play smart, gotta play efficient.
0: Well, we talked about the offensive side of the ball here for the Cleveland Browns. I want to shift focus now to the defense. Obviously, a big blow not having Jeremiah usu who's now placed on injured reserve. And we liked him over here in the draft process. We call him a piss missile with just how fast and ferocious he is flying all over the football field. Obviously, you go back to that whole war of attrition analogy there. That's something that we look at here. Obviously, a big blow to that defense. You know, you got Jadavian Clowney banged up a little bit, but Miles Garrett, you know, he has been impressive. He's looked like a force this season, and he's going to have a, a really big opportunity. Opportunity to impact this game for the Browns. My question for you two kind of lies on the secondary side of things. How has Greg Newsome and really the secondary here for the Browns how have they gelled this season under Joe Wood's scheme?
1: It's, it's taken a little while, and the thing was there wasn't much time over the summer. A lot of guys were injured. Grant Thelpit was injured. Um, Greedy Williams was injured over the summer. It took him a while. Then they got into you know the first couple of weeks. Grant Thelpit didn't play league, what, week one. Ronnie Harrison got ejected five plays into the game. Now you're playing your fourth and fifth safeties, and everybody, oh, my God, they're playing pre-defense again. Well, what do you do when you have your fourth and fifth string defensive backs on the field? You're certainly not going to say against okay, the Kansas City Chiefs, all right, we're just man up Tyreek Hill, and you try and beat us. It doesn't work that way, um, but then you got Grant Delpit weeks two, weeks three, weeks four. You started to see everything that everybody envisioned of this type of player out of LSU. Now we go to weeks five and six, PFF grades in twenties, both weeks. Everybody, Grant Delpit only played nine snaps, uh, you know, against the Cardinals. Yeah, and had a grade at twenty six point two. So if he was out there more, maybe thirty seven to fourteen would have been a lot uglier. Um, but look, he's a good player. Um, I think the interesting thing about this with the secondary, and there's been some really great moments, Minnesota, they were fantastic. Uh, the week before that against the bears, they were good. Granted the bears, you know, at the time had the struggles they do, but now you guys, uh, old friend, Malik Jackson spoke today and Malik Jackson kind of didn't put any names on it, but basically said, you know, it feels to him like maybe some guys aren't as focused as they need to be. Um, and it, maybe it shows with this secondary play the last two weeks. I mean, lack of communication and just not knowing what your assignment is or knowing that if he didn't do this assignment and I'm a safety, I better make sure I've got the deep half of the field. I can't say, oh, well, I took my guy here, but I'm sorry that you know we gave up the 75-yard touchdown on Mike Williams. It doesn't work like that. You've got to adjust. You've got to realize what other guys are doing. Uh, the uh, Christian Kirk touchdown on Sunday against the Cardinals, another example of it. You know, uh, At the time, you know the corner underneath thought he had help over the top. Certainly didn't. Christian Kirk beat Troy Hill for a touchdown. Uh, about 37 yards. on um, was about a third and 19, which is egregious in itself. And just even believing that they are way too talented. We are talking about a bunch of first round picks. We are talking about a bunch of second round picks. We are talking about a player in John Johnson, the third, who's making $11 million, was the highest signed safety and free agency this year. It's inexcusable, really, at this point. Look, I can understand getting beat, but blown coverages, that's inexcusable. And it really makes you wonder if we're moving, shifting players around to spots maybe that they're not getting the reps in. Or maybe like Malik Jackson hinted at today, are people not doing as much homework as they need to be doing?
0: I think that's spot on how you hit it. Cause that's kind of sound like what's happened with the Denver Broncos the last couple of weeks. And obviously in a game that there's a lot of explosive players on the field. And if Baker's playing, obviously he's going to throw the ball downfield there. That's something that the Broncos had to find a way to rectify that. But coming up here in just a moment, Broncos country and dog pound, we're going to flip the script a little bit. Jeff's going to ask both Sarah and myself some questions pertaining to the Denver Broncos. But before we do that, let me tell you about the two sponsors of today's episode, lockdown Broncos, lockdown Browns crossover show. It's a good friends over there at McDonald's and Bilt bar. And they This episode of this Lockdown Broncos, Lockdown Browns crossover is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. And McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends, family, and all of us rivals can get together every single day. So a big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. But you know, one thing I really like about McDonald's gentlemen is in the mornings on Wednesdays, my days off. Normally I will go there. I'll get a sausage egg McMuffin. I'll get a hash brown. I'll put it on there. And I've had listeners of the show. Tell me, Hey, that is a great idea. So whether you're in the mood for breakfast, they have you covered, whether you need a McFlurry, the ice cream machine is up and running for you. Or if you just like a burger there, McDonald's has you and they're the go-to. So make it your go-to on game days for the Browns or for the Denver Broncos. Check it out today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, we're loving it, but also we're loving Built Bar, ladies and gentlemen, the official sponsor of Lockdown Broncos, Lockdown Browns here once again, and Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar that is out there on the market. And what if I were there to tell you that there is a protein bar out there that doesn't taste exactly like a protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar, I guarantee you would have interest in it. Not to mention they have a variety of amazing flavors. Nine amazing flavors including the occasional limited time flavor at Built.com. And this month, specifically at Built Bar, Built is coming out with a brand new limited time flavor every three to four days. Some of the new ones are Blueberry Muffin. They have that. Or also Coconut Brownie Chunk. They have that sent to my, uh, my mailbox, so I got that package in the mail. They're pretty tasty. So check their website Often and you don't want to miss out. So go to built.com and when you go to check out, use promo code LOCK15. It's going to get you 15% off your next order at built.com. Once again, promo code LOCK15 gets you 15% off at built.com. As we continue here
1: on Crossover Thursday, Locked on Broncos, Locked on Browns. And again, for myself, Cody Sayer, we appreciate everybody for making Locked on Broncos, Locked on Browns, your first listen day in, day out. As hard as we work, it means the world for us. You know, the return that we get, all the feedback. Uh, so again, you know, obviously major props. And for weird, I'm sorry, Crossover Wednesday, keeping in mind with the Thursday night <laughs> football game, Cody. Crossover Wednesday used to be a thing. And I know Cody and I used to be one of the guys who really, really pushed to make it a Crossover Thursday thing. Because a lot of these episodes were recorded too early, and there was not a lot of info, info to go off of. Similarly enough, today when I spoke with Cody, but let's make sure we have some Baker Mayfield news first so we don't just go out there and throw out a snoozer of an episode. But guys, with the Broncos here, and this is the first thing, and I mentioned to you this, and you know, I kind of gave you a hint on this, and maybe, Sarah, you can start here. The, I look at this, and you know, every team in the NFL, if you don't start the season with the intention of, hey, somehow, some way, who knows, seven teams, maybe we could sneak into a wild card. You guys, in 3-3, three and three, look, a lot of teams are 3-3. Three and three. There's not much wrong with that, but you're looking at the growth of the Chargers. You look at where the Raiders are. You look at the Chiefs, and all of a sudden, you know, kind of where some Browns fans are thinking, too, well, maybe it's getting, you know, late, a little early here. Um, but I think I look at this roster, and I'm trying to figure out exactly, I mean, where is this team right now? Because I see some things like Von Miller, which is part of the past. You look at Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, this is certainly maybe the present, not the future of this team. Then you look at, obviously, you know, know, the first-round pick at the cornerback position, some of these young receivers as far as where the future of this team is. How do you figure this all out here? Because, I mean, A, you're trying to contend on the fly, but B, you have some guys here who probably most certainly won't be part of the future, but some young guys that you need to start get acclimated to find out if they are
2: part of the future. Definitely. I think so many in Broncos country want the future to be right now at the quarterback position. And like you said, Teddy Bridgewater is the present. He's proven that to be the case. You know, the first three weeks of the season, man, he beat up on some bad teams pretty good. I mean, he had he was at the top of every list in terms of you're talking about passer rating, you're talking about efficiency, you're talking about this, that and the other. He was exactly what the coaching staff kind of pitched him as, you know, to the fan base when he was selected over Drew Locke as the starting quarterback and the rest of the roster i would say is is the i mean what john elway would have termed it as win from now on you know, that was what John Elway said when he was kind of rebuilding, right? So the Broncos have so many pieces on both sides of the ball to build with. Guys that are part of the core of this, the foundation of this team. Justin Simmons signed a big contract. George Payton, the new general manager, has talked frequently about the fact that he sees guys like Cortland Sutton, uh, Bradley Chubb, and others as key core players for the future of this franchise. So the, the tension with the fan base right now is you have a quarterback who is the quarterback at present, Teddy Bridgewater, and you have all these players that are players that you're going to be building around going forward. So there's a playoff expectation from, from the fan base every single year, as we talked about before the show. That's just how Broncos fans operate. But then you have a coaching staff, on the other hand, that's really coaching for their jobs. So all these different place pieces are in place, in my opinion, for the Broncos to be able to do that. You know, Teddy Bridgewater played really well on a playoff team, the New Orleans Saints, a couple of years ago, and obviously he didn't play his best ball with Carolina last season. But man, he's been the starting quarterback for a couple of really good teams. In the NFL and just his short time as a starting quarterback. So that's with the Vikings specifically and and the Saints. So the Broncos going into this kind of expected if you put Teddy British he wins the starting job your expectation is playoffs or bust Um, with drew lock maybe a little bit more lenience there to say well you're still kind of hoping and believing that he might become the guy. So maybe playoffs aren't necessarily a necessity at that point, but I would say definitely that's the tension right now is that you got the quarterback of the present and so many pieces of your roster for the future. And it's led to a three and three record. I mean, and it does feel like it's past midnight a little bit with Broncos country.
1: <laughs> now, Cody, we had mentioned a little bit here about the Browns, the Browns, uh, defense. And, you know, I'd mentioned Malik J- Jackson's comments here. And I think maybe part of that was, Hey, uh, we're. I'm getting it done. Malik McDowell's getting it done. Jadavion Clowney's getting it done. Miles Garrett's getting it done. We're getting the ball out, guys. Um, we either get the quarterback or getting the ball out, uh, but it's not happening. This Browns uh, Broncos offensive line. how has it been? How's it constructed this year? Um, is this offensive line ready? And maybe they do get a slight advantage here because I mean, one way to slow down guys who are really really fast is tell them they got to line up again in about 84 hours and go do it all over again.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great question, Jeff. The issue, I think, with the Broncos' offense right now, and, you know, look, I think that there's members of Broncos' country collectively throwing blame at one group. I think when you look at the Broncos' offensive struggles, it's on Pat Shermer, it's on Teddy Bridgewater, it's on the offensive line, it's on it's on everybody. It's a collective effort as to what's happened. But, you know, the offensive line this year has kind of little been a little bit of a turnstile at several positions on the interior. Graham Glasgow at the beginning of the season, after week one, had an irregular heartbeat. He had to miss week two, and then he also missed, I believe, week three with a with a knee injury he got rolled up on after that after coming back uh, so he's missed some time there so really just continuity at the interior positions and then you had Dalton Reisner who missed one week of action with a with a foot injury but he returned after a week of sitting on the bench and, and trying to rest and recover that injury but for the most part it just seems like the Broncos offensive line they've had breakdowns right they've had evident breakdowns in terms of one-on-ones and sometimes allowing interior penetration and when you're playing teams that love to blitz a lot you have to make sure that your communication is there there's been a lot Of miscommunications on the offensive line, but also. I don't want to just blame the offensive line. I think that collective blame is also on the scheme itself. When the Broncos right here, when they when they don't have a run game going for them, and they're trying to run play action, especially with the straight drop back, no rollout play action, but just a straight drop back on a play action, they're faking the handoff. You know, you're having a quarterback who's trying to process the field, but when there's good coverage, he's got nowhere to go, so he's holding on to the ball a little too long there. That's one area where Teddy Bridgewater can improve, in my opinion. But that's where the collective thing is at. Now going against a, you know pass rushers like. You know, Miles Garrett and McDowell, like you mentioned, Malik Jackson, former Denver Broncos, probably going to have a lot riding on this because he hates the Broncos for maybe how they left things in free agency after the Super Bowl with him. Uh, It's going to be a big challenge. And in my opinion, probably one of the bigger challenges they've faced so far this season. I think for Broncos country, I think for the Broncos offensive line. What a great way to see if you can respond from Sunday's action where you gave up three and a half sacks to a you know going through Max Crosby and you gave up five total sacks altogether to that Raiders defense. That is where I'm really kind of seeing where this offensive line is at right now.
1: Yeah, for me, that was been the first thing here and, you know, just getting into, it. You know, I mean, usually first when you fire up is the most recent tape and, you know, everybody, oh, well, the Raiders got a really good defensive line. And, you know, I kind of chuckle. Well, I, I think Cleveland's, you know, sporting a pretty good defensive line themselves. And I think they kind of match up pretty similarly as far as, you know, on the outside, what, what they can do. And the thing with Clowney is, and I think the one thing I've really enjoyed with him is it's not always about numbers. And, you know, I, I think he'll never live up to where he was drafted, and that's understandable. But a really smart, heady player, you know, with Chase plays down, backside, things you don't – you know, for some of the reputation it seems that people have put upon him, it doesn't seem like that's the type of effort you get out of him. Uh, Sarah, let's uh, flip it up here and go defensive side of the ball here. Um, where were the Broncos as far as running defense – and is this a huge gift for them going into this short week and saying, wow, well, we can take the tape of 24 and 27 and just flush that to maybe the next season or the season after that till we see these two guys again?
2: You know, the run defense has been a strength of the team the, all year. Uh, the the Steelers game being the really the one ex- exception to that, I would say. Najee Harris kind of was having his way all throughout the game. The Raiders had a couple of chunk plays on the ground, but for the most part, I would say the Broncos' problem hasn't been against the run. You know, Mike Purcell being healthy, Shelby Harris being out there, Draymond Jones getting penetration. The the issue in this game, even without your starting two running backs in Cleveland, is the fact that now the Broncos are going to be missing both Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson at the inside linebacker positions. Those two guys were tremendous run defenders, guys who always know their gap, always know their assignment, very, very good at blitzing especially when it comes to blitzing against the run and, and making plays in the backfield that's been something that they that they've been kind of their calling card the past couple of seasons so it's it's an interesting deal we don't really quite know what we're going to get even against a, a banged up browns backfield you just never know when some running back in the nfl we know as well as anyone in denver running backs kind of a dime a dozen you get it you put a guy back there and, and they might go off for 100, 120 yards in a game. So it's going to be fascinating to see how Justin Sernod and, and Micah Kaiser or whoever the Broncos throw out there at inside linebacker really responds in this game to filling those shoes, calling defensive plays, knowing your gaps. That's been, uh, frankly, to me, an area of weakness for Sernod. He's done really well in some pursuit plays. Hasn't been necessarily bad, but I think it's an area that he can improve. So overall, against the run, Broncos are stout on the defensive line be interesting to see in this game because none of us have seen what it will be like without their two starters at inside linebacker.
1: So definitely an interesting matchup as we're basically going to get the uh, JV squad version of the Browns running backs versus the Broncos linebackers. And I think you actually brought up a great point here because I mean, look, whether it could be John Kelly, who was just brought up in the practice squad or Ernest Johnson, who's barely played. These guys are truly 105, 110% where everybody else on this field right now, even if they say they feel as good as possible, you are maybe saying what 80, 80 at best. Cody, just real quick one here for you to wrap it before we wrap it up here. Obviously, you, between you and Sarah, you guys brought up a lot of names. Give me a name or two, maybe somebody on the offensive side of the ball, somebody on the defensive side of the ball that most people don't know about on the Broncos who maybe have been doing a pretty decent job thus far this season.
0: Yeah, you know, it's hard to really pinpoint just one guy, but you know, I'll touch on one guy too. And look, Javante Williams would be the easy guy to bring up. I'm gonna go a wide receiver though. You know, I think Cortland Sutton, he's a big name. People have talked about him. Tim Patrick has also been very underrated and very productive for the Broncos so far this season. He's really been the most reliable option so far throughout the year. Keep an eye on him. He's a great security blanket for any quarterback. And look, Teddy's dealing with an injury to his foot. He may or may not play in this game. We have no idea just yet as he was limited in walkthroughs. this is one of those crazy weeks, Jeff. Where you know it could be Drew Lock, it could be Teddy. We'll have to see. But obviously, the mobility part. His foot's going to be a big factor defensively. i got to keep a name, a name on that's been fantastic so far this season. It's going to be Patrick Sertan II, the, the Broncos' first-round draft selection. He has met every expectation, I think, and has exceeded it. Now there's areas of his game where he can come up and be better, especially as a tackler. He's missed a couple of tackles, but he's been so great in coverage. He's gotten in phase. He understands the fundamental discipline there, and he's been tested. I mean, they targeted him with Darren Waller a couple times, and Darren Waller only had a total of 18 yards against Patrick Sertan. But he also tested Chase Claypool a couple weeks back against a fellow AFC North Division rival Pittsburgh Steelers team and had perfect coverage on it. And so, uh, you know, he's been very impressive. And and if you're a Browns fan watching, keep an eye on number two on the Broncos' defensive side of the ball.
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, And I know uh, I do believe Patrick is a uh, Ben Albright favorite. I I bet Ben's been talking about up for a while here and now finally got the opportunity, and he's certainly been stepping up and producing. Um, Gentlemen, it's been great. Um, And I got to be honest, like I usually have a feeling about any game I literally truly feel like, you know, we are all going into this 100% blind. I yes. mean, it could turn out to be a fantastic game. It could turn out to be a 9-6. I think there's like no there's no scenario anybody can pitch you right now and say, "Oh
0: my god, you're crazy. That couldn't happen." Mm-hmm yeah the only thing I think at this point that would pitch me is craziness on that if if it was like a 50 to 50 game you know whereas they're going back and they're just trading barbs and scores that would be very shocking to me but outside of that yeah I mean anything is possible here Thursday night football short week turnaround both teams hungry trying to come off of a loss I can't wait to obviously break down the action and if you're a Browns fan thank you so much for tuning in and hearing the Broncos side if you're a Broncos fan you know thank you so much for listening to what Jeff Lloyd of the Lockdown Browns podcast has had to say but that will wrap up today's crossover episode Lockdown Broncos, Lockdown Browns. We have a game on Thursday Night Football. Looking forward to all the action. You can catch it respectively on our shows. And thank you for making Lockdown Broncos and Lockdown Browns your first listen of the day. All right.